Welcome to Noir, the podcast that celebrates the extraordinary people of North Omaha. Our goal is to inspire and uplift the Black community by sharing stories of individuals who have made a positive impact. Join us as we connect, support, and encourage one another through powerful conversations and uplifting messages. Okay. Hello and welcome to Noir the Podcast. Noir stands for North Omaha is really extraordinary. And the purpose of our podcast is to connect, support, and encourage Black people in and from North Omaha with stories of individuals who inspire us. Hmm. Why? Because we need it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, we do. I'm your host, Dr. Nichelle Horton Brown. I am designated as the co host, J.R. J.R. Rogers. And we are here today with, I was trying to think of some adjectives to describe what you do and who you are, but we're just going to call you Miss India Wardell. (laughs) Hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. (laughs) We are excited to have you with us today. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. So you go by Ian. Yes. And I want to know, how does India translate to Ian. It was like a best friend used to call me Ian. And then there was a fellow student at a high school. His name was Ian. And I always just grooved with that. So I just like, I'm just going to start introducing myself. And therefore I am. And therefore she is. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So it's Ian. Mm-hmm. It's I-A-N, mm-hmm. but you say Ian. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm sorry. Because I was confused. Honestly. <laughs> It is. It is like Ian or Ian, you know. No, your name and how you say it is Ian. Ian. Thank mm-hmm. you. And there it is. It's like it's it's tripping my husband out because he's like when he runs into people who I've introduced myself <clears throat> as Ian as and he's like, who is that? And I was like, you know, that's what I'm telling people. That's not that's my name. What does he call you? You don't want to know. OK. Oh. okay (laughs) no he's a he's a big kid it's good to be young right jade you know what (laughs) you i mean you exemplify like your inner child with what you do i love that thank you thank you (laughs) any hoots (laughs) moving on you are the founder Mm -hmm. of Hit these trails. Hit these trails. Hit yes. these trails. Now, we're coming back to that because okay. we always start with who you are, where you came from, and who your people are. So, I am from Indianapolis, Indiana. My people are from Mississippi and Kentucky. My mother is Shirley, and her mother is Rosie, and her mother is Rose, and her mother is Sammy Ann. Yes. And her mother is Liana. And it goes on and on. And you know that. I am my family's historian. Yeah. Genealogist. Yes. I think that's the word. Yes. yes. So I sent up a little prayer to the ancestors before I came here. I was just like, thank you for this opportunity. And I am here. How many generations do you go back? I am now 1850s. 
Wow. I'd like I but I just stumbled upon it. I had a brick wall for a long time. And then I was like, let me join some Facebook groups. Those are great resources. And um, I was like, hey, guys, you know, anybody from Hazelhurst, Mississippi, by the because I'm looking for this grandparents family. Then someone jumped in my DMs. I was like, I think that we share like a great, 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 great. Oh, my gosh. Such and such. And then I was like, OK, let me see your family tree. And there she was. <gasps> oh, yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. That's and that, that recently happened, like within the last week. Wow. Yes. So. Miss Jade Rogers is also a genealogist and historian. How far back do you go? I am on the plantation with a document that lists my four times grandfather in the will um, listed with all the other enslaved people in 1860. Wow. Can I ask a question? Of course. What do you do with that information? Like when you come across that, how do you process it? It takes time. <laughs> Because it's one thing to know the information and to read it in books and to understand that this is what happened, but then to see the person's name and a number, a monetary amount next to their name sure. is a completely different understanding of what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not there yet. I've had someone try to help me and they were helping me with the brick wall. And then they start to throw out all these people. And then they were like, oh, yeah. And then this person was enslaved by this person. And then they came from Ireland. And I was like, whoa, back up. Like, you can't start to just throw names out at me. Like, that. you have to take care. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is precious information. And I was like, we're going to stop here. I appreciate your effort. And let it go. Um, the information they gave me wasn't true. They went a different direction. But... I mean, I appreciate that, but I was just like, I like you can't just give me the slave owner and then start telling me the history of the slave owner because it's not just a name to me. Sure. It's not right. just no. like where that person came from. We have to like honor this person because because of them, I am here. So I personally like to I do a little celebration. I thank them. Yeah. I or I say like a little prayer or I light a candle because I'm a little on that. I'm I do the crystals and things like that. So I will just sit and just thank you for revealing yourself to me. I because, appreciate your experience. They want us to know. Yeah. We have to just be willing to listen mm-hmm. and, and take all of the information that you're given, whether you think it's good or not, mm-hmm. and just put it away. Cause there are things that could come back. You just never know. I love that. I, I do. I love that. Your children will Look back. Are you writing all of this down? I'm sure you oh, are. Oh, yeah. I have like a, a book where I write down notes and I get whenever I get little bits from the family, like I write down like, oh, yeah, my grandfather loved catfish. Or we called the grandmother, the great grandmother I just found. Um, we called her Big Mama. And um, just little, little things, you know, because it's never straightforward. It's always like, oh, yeah, um, what, what kind of music did this person? Was this person good with money with this? And then it opens up the family and. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So Indianapolis is where you started. How did you get to Omaha, Nebraska? My husband is also from Indianapolis and he joined the Air Force and we've been to Tampa, Florida. And then we were in Kittery, Maine. And then we were given like a list of options because they were closing down the unit there. And they were like, you guys got to leave. So here's a list. 
And we were very strategic. We were like, we want someplace closer to home, as close to home as possible. Because of other places, like it took us 16 to 18 hours to get home. Mm. And then we were like, we need a place where there are more black people. And um, Omaha was our only option. (laughs) (laughs) Omaha with more black people. Yes. What was the option that had the most black people? When we're done, I want to know what was on the list. Okay. (laughs) I'll let you know. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't anything special. It was a lot of in the middle of nowhere Mm. places. But I was like, I want, I need, like, I need these things for my kids, for myself. Because um, I lived in Maine during Trump's reign. And um, it was a lot of white people learning that they're not as colorblind as they seem to be. So it was... um, KKK organizing, sending out flyers. People had gigantic Confederate flags on the back of their trucks. My husband's like deployed. Oh, so, so I'm here there. with these babies by myself in this very white land. So when we had to leave, I ended up meeting some great friends. I ended up finding a village that I trusted and they really helped me. But it was a very trying time. So when it was time to leave, I was like, Mm-mm. <laughs> well, this is where we need to go. We need to this and we need this and we need this and we need this. And I'm like, oh, my high. And I was like, OK, that's where we're going. Eight. No, nine hours from home. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nine hours from home. I was like, we can do that in like a morning because we we would get up at one o'clock in the morning and drive from Maine to Indiana. And it, the sun would come up and the sun would go down. And it was just. Wow. You know, and but we made that journey and I was like, this is nothing. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. We Nine hours that. is easy. Mom, I'll be there by lunch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What was your research like when you were looking at Omaha? What did you what did you stumble upon? I was looking at the demographics. Then I was looking at the school system. And of course, they didn't have like a lot of positive feedback. I was looking at the fact that it was, um, that it's a city, Omaha's a city, because I was coming from like a little tiny village town and we are city people. So those were like great things. I was like, okay, we're going into this and there's diversity and then it's a city. So there's going to be things to do. And And what did you find when you got here? I found that the reason why I'm more willing to say hello to people is because I'm from the Midwest, which is funny because it's usually like a Southern thing, mm-hmm. but on the East Coast, it's really not a thing. Right. Right. So I was like, I remember I was just like, hi. And then people will be like, okay, no. <laughs> and then when I got here, I was just like running to people and people were just talking to me. And I was like, it's a Midwest. Like it's because I'm from the Midwest. I found that the military, when you get into these situations, they tell you to stay away from certain areas, like the the rundown urban areas, right? Mm-hmm. And me and my husband, we're from these areas. So we're like, okay, we're just going to drive through. And it felt like home. Okay, the liquor store on the corner, that's not, that doesn't seem out of place to us. The overpacked church lot, that's mm-hmm. not, you know, the boarded up house or the lot. Or the kids playing in the street like that's I was like, this feels like home. Like, why do they always tell people to stay away from these uh, these areas? And we were staying out in Bellevue for a while. And then we end up looking at a house and I wanted to get as close as possible to North Omaha. And we looked at houses out here 
And then we found one by Northwest High School. I like that. You know, most most people who are transplanted here, they don't gravitate towards North Omaha. We were very specific. I wanted to be where my people are. I wanted to feel comfortable and I wanted my children to have more friends that look like them. I wanted them to have an opportunity to be taught by people who look like them. I wanted the stores they went to to have people that work there that look like them. And we we have that now. But where we were, it was we were just one in a sea of of pale faces. Yeah. I mean, it's still Nebraska. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. It's still Nebraska. Yes. yes. But at least where we are now, it just it feels a lot better. Yeah. It's a lot more diverse. Yeah. You have really just hit the ground running. You came in and started doing stuff. Yeah. So tell us about Hit These Trails. Hit These Trails. (laughs) Um, I started hiking when we lived in Maine because there was not much to do. They they are outdoors people. Okay. And then um, when we got here, we wanted to continue that. So Omaha has a lot of trails. And I would take my husband and my children and we'll go out. And I noticed that like it was just us. It would be other families like white families or a group of friends or this and that. But I'm like, it's just us. And I was like, I think I want to start opening up this space for more people to like my people in particular, because I want to share the benefits of getting out in nature, especially Mm -hmm. as urban people where like our systems are this overstimulated constantly. We're indoors all the time. And we also deal with like a lot of the the trauma of someone else going through something, but we know it can happen to us. So it's like kind of builds up and it makes us want to stay indoors more. Right. And I'm like, okay, nature is healing. Like, please come for a walk with me. Please come and hug the street with me. <laughs> please put your feet in the ground with me. Let's do this together. Yeah. It's it's going to be fine. And it's as where the group grows and we're together, it feels like a family trip. I love that. Yeah. So you walk year round in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You are out there. I'm out there. Year round. Year round. That's dedication. It's just understanding the benefits that outdoors gives us. I, right now it's attacking us, right? <laughs> the air quality. Yes. The air quality is like. yes even when it's snow on the ground even when it's raining outside well today it it rained so i wasn't really out much except at the farmer's market but we were still outside Mm -hmm. right it's just wonderful to see our environment outside of going from place to place we have to really appreciate that and i feel like as we connect to it and appreciate it it makes us want to conserve it more because right now our planet is it's not doing very well right we take it for granted. When do you walk? Do you walk every day? No, I don't walk every day. I wish I did, but mm-hmm. I don't. Because mm-hmm. I still I still find myself getting stuck in the house. But I know that like if I'm if I look up and I'm like, I haven't been outdoors in a couple of days, then I'll make myself go and sit in my front yard under these trees. I love mm. my trees in my yard. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So the hiking group, how often do you all meet? We meet once a month. The last Sunday of each month. So our next one is going to be the 30th of July. Okay. Um, I believe we're going to go to Chaco Hills. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not been yet. Um, I usually stay up this way. So I love Neil Woods. That's my favorite place. We've been to Cunningham Lake. We've been up and down the North Omaha Trail a couple times. Mm-hmm. I love that the way that's growing. 
Hummel Park. So yeah, I, I like staying up this way, but I know we need to branch out. There's other places mm-hmm. around the city. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to check it out and then I'll throw it out to everybody and say, hey, meet me. Chalco is nice. I used to do that walk a lot. Yeah. I know it's paved. Mm-hmm. I really want something more of with like, you're just in it. You, you know, you go off the gravel. I mean, into the gravel. You're yeah. in the dirt. When we went to Cunningham Lake, my daughters actually found it. Uh, my oldest was like, hey, let's go this way. And she went off in the trees. And then we just kind of walked and it was just like a short path from one part to the next. And then when I hosted the hike, I was like, all right, guys, we're going to go into it's going to be a little introduction. <laughs> we're going to go in here. It's going to be fine. And it was they liked it. It was like a precursor to taking them to Neil Woods. We did that in the spring and they really liked it. Nice. Bring your husband, bring your kids, bring your mom and them. That's my thing. Like it's for everybody. It's from as far as elders down to our babies, everybody in between. I want everyone to feel the benefits of just being outdoors for a bit. I really like the intergenerational connection too. Mm-hmm. letting kids be loud and run around and touch stuff because they always have to be confined. Mm-hmm. Like, stop doing that. Why are you doing that? Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you're outdoors. Be as loud as you want to run off, touch some stuff, kick some stuff, climb some stuff, taste some stuff. I love that. You're also becoming an herbalist, right? Tell us about it. I don't have like a point of where I started, really, because it's been on and off for so many years. I think it, it started because my my mother and my grandmother always tell me to go to the ER. Whenever something's going down, I'll take that baby to the ER right now. And I was just like, I know there's better ways to take care of my kids than having to rush to the doctor at the last minute. Like, how can I empower myself? Uh-huh. So when I was in Maine, I started to buy books. And when I got here, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with PCOS. And they want to put you on these medicines that are for diabetes mm-hmm. or they want to put you on birth, birth control and it has a lot of side effects. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, I'm going to find a different way because at the end of the day, they always say change the way you eat and make sure you pick up your activity. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I can do that. And I've been doing it. And my periods are becoming more frequent. Like at one point I had maybe four or five a year and wow. now I have a good 10. Did you change how you how you eat? A little, mm-hmm. a little, but nothing drastic. I eat a lot of produce mm-hmm. and I try to watch my sugar intake. And and then um, I really, I started to just relax. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of my outdoor journey too. Anxiety, it stress kills us. Okay. It does. It, it keeps us wound up. It messes with the way um, we sleep. It messes with the way we eat things because I'd rather just eat a bag of chips than deal with what's going on inside of me. Like I started to just get up in the morning and meditate or read a book or do some yoga. I started to put my phone down a little bit more. I'll go outside. I'll interact with my children more. And I feel like that has been my biggest medicine has been relaxing. I'm reading um, Nat Ministry. Mm-hmm. That's a great book about like this, this sit down. I love that. You know, rest, rest is resistance. And I, I used to feel like I had to do everything. I still do. Let me not lie. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like I have to do everything. Cause you be out there. 
in them streets. I do. <laughs> I do. And I'm bringing my, my babies. I'm bringing my man. And I want everybody else to come with us. I love that. You know that I'm a physician. And mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of people with conditions that have been brought on by their lifestyle. And I am changing the way that I see medicine because I shouldn't say I'm tired, but I don't want to have to treat people, right? I'd rather them do the prevention so that they don't get diabetes and they don't get high blood pressure and they don't get all of that. And everything you just mentioned, the sleep, the rest, the meditation, the yoga, the just decreasing the anxiety, it all goes along. And I'm so happy just to hear that you understand that. Yeah. So you won't be coming to me for all of that stuff. Diabetes and hypertension is knocking on the door. Okay. Because my parents have it and their parents have it. It feels like it's inevitable because even with me doing all these things, I still feel the symptoms from time to time. And I'm like, what else can I do? But it's totally not inevitable. Just because your parents have it and grandparents have it, it doesn't mean that you have to have it. Yeah, It's about doing those lifestyle changes. It is. It is our mm-hmm. lifestyle that not necessarily just our genetics, but the way mm-hmm. we come together, the way we eat our dinners, what we're eating, yep, how active we're being. A lot of us just work and we come home and then we watch TV until it's time for bed or we scroll on our phones and we just feel stuck. And I'm creating this space to say, let's take a break. Come outside for a little bit. You mentioned the nap ministry and I told you I've been I've been studying you. You are an avid reader. <laughs> I just left Barnes and Nobles. I was in there. You I was, just left Barnes and Nobles. I just left. I was. I was. I just left. I went to the farmers market. We grabbed something to eat, and I was like, "We're over here. Can we go to Barnes and Nobles?" So my husband was like, yeah, <laughs> "Sure." So I was in there, and I was just like geeking out. I just love the smell of paper, and I just, I just hoard it. Even if I don't read all of it, I like it. Just makes me feel good. Like just seeing the books behind you. Okay, so give us give us your your top three books. What's what category? <laughs> In the last three, you do read. you know that? Okay, Jade is also a a book nerd. She was in high school. She worked at the W. Dale Clark Library. I did. She's an all around nerd, but book nerd yes. is, is part of it. I, I really heart heart that about Jade. I I do. I can't wait to spend some more time with you, just because like. From the board games and the black culture and being a blurred. I'm just like, oh, she's so cool. <laughs> I also worked at Barnes and Noble for. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Before you could go on Amazon and buy books, I was a book. Um, kind of so. No, I was the, the specialist that ordered the books mm. from the, the publishing houses because mm-hmm. you couldn't just do that. You had to go to the publishing houses and just couldn't go to Amazon. So. I didn't do that for very long because as I was buying books for the customers, oh, I need this book and we don't have it in Omaha. Can you get this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. One for the store, one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I would probably do the same thing. Thanks for putting me on another book. We needed it. So, yeah. (laughs) 
my entire check went back to Barnes and Noble. I had to stop. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so what was what was the category? What the last say? three books that you read that were like ooh, and you shared with somebody else. One is Forest Bathing, and what's so funny? I ran into a sweet lady at the uh, Florence Farmers Market last Sunday, and she is putting together the Garden Walk in Florence. Oh, uh huh. Does it ring a bell for anybody? Mm. No. Okay. Essentially, it's um, different businesses and programs are going to be in different positions in Florence. And then from nine to 12 or one, she's going to invite people just to come through and enjoy outdoors and then connect with these programs. And I was talking to her over some cabbage. And then she was like, by the way, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I host hikes. And she was like, oh, my God. She was like, have you heard of forest bathing? And I was like, I just got that book from the library on Friday. It was wild. Like how that disconnected. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just got that book from the library on Friday. It's been on my radar for a while. And um, I wanted to bring what the book has to offer to the hikes. And um, she was like, oh, my God, I want you to come and talk about it. So I will be talking about that August 18th. Where at? At the Is it the Garden it's, Walk? Yeah, it's going to be in Florence. I'm not sure exactly where I will be, but okay. yeah, I'll be there talking about the benefits of being immersed in nature. So what's forest bathing about? So forest bathing is, it's not exercise. Okay. The point is to immerse yourself in nature and just disconnect and um, receive the benefits of being outdoors. It started in Japan. I cannot pronounce the name. It's like, she, I won't try. Okay. I'm not about to butcher these people's <laughs> words. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not going to do it. I will know how to pronounce it by the time I need to speak to everybody. But okay. you go outside. Well, you want to go to a forest and you just want to take your time and walk through. You want to use all five of your senses and just appreciate what God has created. Right. A lot. Of, I do the hikes on Sundays. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they can join me because they're at church. And I like to tell people, I this is the way I connect with God. God created mm -hmm. everything. And I like to enjoy God's abundance this way. Right. So once you're done walking through the forest or just taking your time in nature, you're going to notice a few benefits like your immune system is strengthened mm -hmm. and you sleep better. Your anxiety has lowered. Your blood pressure has lowered and all these other amazing things. And I really want to bring that to our people because we deal with so much. But I am stressed out right. as a black woman. Right. And I can bring this medicine to us and say, this will help us deal with the anxiety we deal from our racial trauma on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. This is our healing. Let's take a walk. Let's go hug a tree. Let's put our feet in the grass. Let's go, you know, chase after some butterflies. There's a part of forest bathing, and I don't remember the term where you reset, it's like a hard reset for your mind, where you're looking at trees and you're, you're like, you look up, you look through trees and you just stay in that position, keep your eyes in that position to reset. It's like you would reboot a computer, mm -hmm. like you're resetting your mind. I don't remember the term, but I do that often. Do you? Mm -hmm. I think I do that and I don't realize I'm doing it. I'm like still at the beginning of the book and I'm like taking notes because I want to make sure I don't like mislead anybody or mm -hmm. tell them the wrong thing. So I'm like slowly absorbing it. But yeah, there's like a lot of good tidbits. 
So I would advise people if you're interested in the book, it's not full of a bunch of paragraphs. It's got beautiful images of the forces, mm. the forces, the forests <laughs> around Japan. Excuse me. It's That's all okay. The, That's the okay. different forests right. around Japan. Amazing pictures. And then this little snip snippets throughout the book. Mm-hmm. And it's a really small book. And it just gets to the point. What's book number two? Book number two. I could sing some elevator music while you do that. Um, I think it was um, <laughs> Sensual Faith. I think I had just oh. threw that up there, too. Yes, I saw that on your page. What's that about? You said that's for people and religion. Yeah. Something. You so, said. I'm sorry that I'm also not saying the, um, the author's names. But Sensual Faith is essentially like kind of deconstructing your idea about Christianity. And making Jesus realistic, making him a human. Like mm-hmm. she talks about like, she's goofy. She talks about how Jesus like, she's like, Jesus masturbated. Jesus farted. Jesus, <laughs> guys, okay. did, Jesus did, like, and we just don't, we honestly we don't think about that mm-hmm. man, that mm-hmm. man like that, right? But she does. And then she talks about how we need to be empowered as women, as feminine beings through the Bible, and how like it's okay like god gave us all of these things and we need to enjoy them and we should not be ashamed the way the church can tend to do is tell us not to do those these things and it's just a like a human thing to experience Mm -hmm. you know and um i've been deconstructing my faith for a while so i look at religion spirituality differently so she didn't say anything that really like struck a chord with me but I felt like I knew a lot of people who needed to read it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who needed healing, needed permission to feel the way they feel. Mm-hmm. Because some people feel like they have to be in this box and you don't necessarily need to. So Sensual Faith is a great book. Book number three. Book number three is a fiction book I just finished. It's called After Hours on Milagro Street. Again, I've been stalking you. <laughs> you said... I'm on the last chapter and I don't want to read it because I don't want it to be over. I did not. This book was so good. It's a fiction. It's a fiction book. And it was about this woman coming back to this small town in Kansas. She's a Mexican-American and she wants to save her family's business. And she goes through all these obstacles trying to save it. And in the book, it, it weaves historical context in it. In the midst of reading it, I went to Divisible and she talks mm-hmm. about she talks about the things that the African-American community that has went through with cities all across the country, putting freeways in the middle of our neighborhoods. <laughs> and she talks about how um, Mexican-Americans help the railroad system out this way and how no one talks about our history. And that, I, I love history. So I was just like. Yes, give me a little real with a little my fantasy. And it had like a little magic in it too. Because like a one part of the story, there's like a the spirit. They say that the house is hunted because like the lights will flicker on or a door would lock or whatever. And I like that. So it was fun. <laughs> it was a it was fun and it was spicy. spicy. It was it was a little it was a little slur slow burn in there. Like it hit you with a bang. And then throughout it, it was like some playfulness. Who's it the, was decadent. Who's the author? Angelina M. Lopez. Hmm. That okay. is the name of the author. She has a few other books. Okay. 
So you mentioned divisible, which we haven't discussed on the podcast. Can you give us a little blurb, Miss Ian? Divisible is an eye-opening documentary about what has happened to the Black community through redlining in Omaha and where we are now, how it affects us now. And then it opened up the conversation to what do we want to happen from here on out? It was a wonderful documentary. It was a great experience going to see that in person and listening to the people who put that together. I think one of the one of the reasons why I feel so connected to North Omaha is because through my experience of being a military spouse, it was eye-opening seeing that the Black communities across the country are treated the same. Yeah. So I feel ownership. I'm, I'm not from Omaha, but I'm a Black American. Mm-hmm. Your experience is my experience. Right. Your people are my people. Right. Okay. So wherever I touch down, I'm going to get in there. So here I am. Here you are. And we're happy to have you. I'm just grateful for just being welcomed. I am. I was very, very conscious about getting here and then saying, okay, this is where I want to live. This is who I want to be by. And then as soon as I started to just say hi to folks, well, you can do this, you can do that. And we're doing this. And I was just like, oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So I'm like talking to my husband until I'm retiring here. Yeah. And he has like constantly, you're sure? I'm like, babe. (laughs) (laughs) See, remember when I was talking to you and Wayne and I was like, I was like, this is going to be our plan. (laughs) (laughs) We just got to like reel him in and he's going to feel invested. Right. Yeah. So Dennis, I know you're listening. (laughs) We're we're keeping you. Yes. You're here. You're here. This is it. You're home. (laughs) And it feels like Indianapolis. It's a Midwest Mm -hmm. city, right? It's slow, um, but there's things to do. And like the culture is the same. Mm-hmm. I'm a little biased because I feel like Indianapolis goes a little harder. Like our big headedness, we're just a little more rough. I feel like we're just a little more rough. <laughs> I do. But I, I love it here. You know, when I was growing up, we traveled a lot by car. And so we would stop in Indianapolis on our way to Washington, D.C. Okay. Um, we would make that trip a few times, you know, as I was growing up. And then over the years, I've gone to Indianapolis for conferences or kids tours or things like that. And I always felt like this feels like home. Mm-hmm. This feels like Omaha. Every time I've gone, even when I was a kid, I remember telling my dad, this feels like we didn't leave. <laughs> no. So, yeah. And I think that's I that. because of the way the country has treated us. But at the same time, I feel like just because we all came from some Southern area mm-hmm. and with the same notion of I'm going to leave this area to make it better for my children and my loved ones. And then they get somewhere and then they build up mm-hmm. and then the country just like, <laughs> like knock stuff over. But yeah, and we're, but we're resilient. So to take it back to your genealogy. And so you are a genealogist and you are also your family historian. Do you see any correlation in the things that you do and are interested in, in anything that you have discovered about the people in your family? Not yet, but I like, I feel like there's a push though, because I've been interested in my family story from a young age. Like my grandmother always told me, 
about her story. I think it was her story that ignited it. My mother's mother mm-hmm. was born on a plantation in Denola, Mississippi. And she was like the, at the tail end of the Great Migration. And she talks about how she was enslaved. And I was just like, like as a kid, I'm listening. But at school, they're like, no, she was a sharecropper. But she tells me her experience. And she was like, no, baby, I was a slave. And when I hear her experience of shotgun weddings to people on the plantation so she couldn't leave, how she had to take my mother and my aunt and sneak away from the plantation. She couldn't tell nobody because if they did, she'll be dragged back, right? She was picking 200 pounds of cotton a day to get to Indianapolis. Growing up with those stories, I was like, I have to like find out more. Wow. So it's been on my heart. I feel like they tell me, like, keep going. Like, keep on, like, pinpointing this person lived during the Depression and this person went through this and this person was in the World War II and blah, blah, blah. Like, understanding, um, like, how we hoard. Like, my great-grandmother, Rose Annie, she kept everything. And then understanding that she was raised by people who lived through the Great Depression how they kept everything right and then seeing that how that correlated to my grandmother how that correlated to my mother they weren't necessarily hoarders but just what that did to them and like how that manifests in me like I see little things but not necessarily like my interests but I do feel like they're pushing me so what's next other than Afrocon October 7th that's right yeah I'm <laughs> You know, my, my husband and my children, we're all really excited about AfroCon. <laughs> we will be in attendance. I will be there in spirit and my babies will be there and my husband will be there. Okay. The awesome. Wardells will be in the house. Wonderful. Because we are some blurred lovers, okay? <laughs> we are. Well, AfroCon's your thing then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what's next besides AfroCon? Yes. I am solidifying Hit These Trails. The goal is to be able to get um, like put some people on the bus and like, let's go out to some bigger parks outside the city. People who just don't have the means to. Mm-hmm. I love to stay in North Omaha, but I feel like we still have to branch out a little bit. So I want to make it a business, a nonprofit. And I was also like to do some youth work and work with some youth programs and take them on some hikes and do some plant identification. and. Mm-hmm. Like you can put that on a mosquito bite and you can eat that as a snack and you should do this. You should do that. So, yeah. So that's what's next for me. How can people find out how to join? I posted on Facebook and on Instagram. Hit These Trails is on both. Just hit These Trails, all one word, on both um, platforms. And you can also follow me on Instagram with N underscore the underscore alchemist. And I just keep y'all in the loop. You are extraordinary. And we know that you hang out with extraordinary people. So we always ask at the end of every conversation, who do we need to hear from? Who do we need to know about? I'll see Manny from Fabric Labs. Okay. Just because I haven't seen him on here yet. But that place has been so warm it's just been like a great place to to build up off of mm-hmm. you know and connect with people um i love the work he does there 
his name has come up before. So we're looking at Manny. We want him. We want to hear his story. Ms. Rogers, anything else besides AfroCon coming up in October? We do have a game night coming up August 19th at the Urban League. We have had such a fun time talking to you. <laughs> it's been great. You've been delightful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Noir, the podcast, where we celebrate the extraordinary people of North Omaha. We hope you've been inspired by today's episode and encourage you to share your own stories with us. You can reach us at Noir, that's N-O-I-R-E, the podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram. Until next time, stay extraordinary. <laughs>